0: the generation that you were born in uh, or born into and like your age, basically, how that can have such a large impact on your view of a task and if you normally see it as transactional or relational. Mm -hmm. Hello, professionals, and welcome back to another episode of Professional-ish Podcast. So we are going to spend the next two weeks, two different episodes, diving first into transactional tasks, which is today's episode, and then into relational tasks, which is next week's episode. We will be explaining what they are, giving some examples and discussing best practices. Um, and I am going to hand this over to Jordan to lead since this is really her area of expertise.
1: Oh, nonsense. We're both good on this one.
0: We'll just go back and (laughs) forth a little bit.
1: Uh, (laughs) But uh, I will kind of get us launched. What did you say last time? Something about launching into space-time continuum? I don't know. You had some (laughs) some imagery last time. It's fresh on my mind, so I just edited it. But (laughs) Side note, I remember when I took an editing uh, class, and that was part of the title, and the teacher flubbed so many times trying to say edited edited and it was just hilarious so anyways we'll see we'll see how far we get but <laughs> yeah so to rachel's point we are going to have some like buddy buddy kind of um, episodes that they're going to relate to each other but they're going to be opposites is the with the within the content but the topics are going to be very um very similar so transactional tasks and relational tasks and I know that we have talked about this briefly in a previous episode. It was more so touched on than anything. I really want to spend an entire episode on, specifically today, on transactional, transactional tasks. That is a hard word to say. We're going to see how many times I've flubbed that up, but that's just how this goes. Uh, we want to talk about what they are, kind of what their definition that we've given them is, some examples and then discussing best practices of specifically um, how to use transactional tasks, how to categorize a task under the purview of transactional and why that might be the best fit for that type of to-do on your list. Um, so with that being said, wow, that that's just gonna be my catchphrase for this this uh, podcast. Is with that being said, because it's just my go-to. Um, <laughs> but it just we're gonna just go with it. Uh, so within transactional, I think it's important to remember kind of the idea of where we're from. Um, it just makes me think about kind of quote unquote back in the day of how business was conducted, you had the handshakes, you had really a lack of technology or lack of access to technology. And so you didn't have the benefit of that. And you just had a lot of trust in businesses and companies and your clients relied on you for whatever you were providing them. And so that kind of the the kind of backdrop of business to a point, um, And that's kind of more of a a nod to the relational, but I think we could also benefit from where we're at now. Um, Specifically, we're in the year 2022 for those of our audience who join us in later years, that now we have so much technology at our fingertips and so many types of software and programs that really allow us to do work in a, a pretty different way and to a point do some of our tasks for us, and I think that there's a benefit to that. And so really it's just um, having the balance between the two and not wanting to knock either one. And so really a overarching goal that we have kind of spread out in these two episodes is to provide you guys with information and tools to do your tasks efficiently and effectively, and to really figure out how to designate your time and your energy to have the best outcome for your tasks and ultimately for the company. Um, We want to be able to uh, drive that momentum, help you guys create loyal clients and just be smart and efficient with how you go about your work. So, we are totally good with both transactional and relational. It's just how we kind of play around with, with each. Um, so with that, um, Rachel, did you want to talk about, um, of course, if you have anything else to add to this kind of beginning segment, but also um, kind of the differences between the two and how we want to define them?
0: Absolutely. So first, I would like to coin the word effectively. I am going to be using that now effectively. <laughs> we're Um, creating
1: our own dictionary for this show that's really how it's going down
0: so my general idea of transactional versus relational i guess what i have to add to that is i've always thought as of transactional is just very black and white cut and dry you know you're not really concerned like you're not there's there aren't emotions necessarily involved like you're not having to be concerned about someone else's feelings and that in that in my head is the simplest way that i've thought of transactional versus relational transactional is just black and white cut and dry relational there's feelings involved or other people involved that you have to be aware of which as we've discussed in other episodes it can it can really be a challenge to um to navigate any task where other people are involved.
1: You know, I, when I was thinking about what the definition was, I think I got, like my brain went to the, um, like the tangibles. And so my brain went to a transactional specifically that you rely on automation to take care of some of your tasks um, so that you can spend more time on other things that are the relational because it's um, like limited ROI, and if a computer can do it for you, it frees up your time for those monotonous tasks. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the way that you say that it really can be defined or be the definition for all sorts of tasks. So it's all, all of the above definitely works for
0: that. I definitely agree. Well, that's also you and I have discussed in the past why a big part of like why we wanted to do a podcast. And one of those, one of those reasons was... Um, because we felt like we balanced each other really well. And I think this is a perfect example of, you know, you, you have such a, you have such a detailed mind in so many ways. And so you were explaining this like very intricate topic and I'm like, it's black and white or there's people. <laughs> <And> True. <laughs> because with my ADD brain, I already overcomplicate everything And so I'm like, sometimes I just have to make it the most simple thing possible. And again, that's just my view from being in like sales and customer service. And so like client facing for me, at least I'm like, sometimes it's, it's a relief to just be, you know, working on transactional things and not have to do anything relational, whether it's people or whatever, because you're not, not having to worry about all that. It's just boom, boom, boom.
1: Absolutely, because you've said before that with relational, it can be very
0: um, like time-consuming emotionally. Another topic we wanted to touch on through this episode is also uh, generations and how, like generations and, and technology and how what generation you're from or what age you are can have a really big impact on whether you are more transactional in general or more relational in general. Um, I think something Jordan and I also wanted to talk about in this episode and next episode as well is how the generation that you were born in uh, or born into and like your age basically how that can have such a large impact on your view of a task and if you normally see it as transactional or relational. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And like we talked about in the automation episode, um, automation so much of the time is technology. So of course, depending on your generation, you may or may not be familiar or comfortable with technology.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I I think about how you and I are, are in the millennial generation but i think of like our parents my day-to-day looks so very different in the early 2000s 10s 20s than my parents day-to-day looked Mm -hmm. when they were in their 20s and 30s and etc so depending on you know when you're born and when you start into the workforce it is just it's almost like it's two different worlds so that's it's absolutely true
0: i would say that's the perfect explanation Definitely feels like a different like per generation with changes in technology. It feels very much like a different world.
1: Cause like even think of like Mary Tyler Moore and her going off to the newsroom for a day of work versus whatever like W is it WBTV that's mm-hmm. um here in Charlotte and like you walk into like was it sixties or seventies, you walk into that day of work versus now she would be completely overwhelmed to a point of oh, yeah. doing her tasks with such different technology, different like emphasis on different
0: like aspects of her work. Um, so yeah, it's just very different. One hundred percent agree. I think that can have a huge impact. Um so Jordan, do you want to lead us into this first topic?
1: I do, and I'm just proud of myself for being able to reference quote-unquote older shows and, like, know what I'm talking about. Because, like, so many of the shows that we talk about now are, like, just so millennial-based that I'm like, hey, like, I love the Mary Toyin Moore show and, and other uh, other shows if it's time. Um, so anyways, yeah, so topic number one to watch- here. i oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to ask if you used to watch Nick at Night. Was that Nickelodeon? So during the day, Nickelodeon would be like, okay, so this is super nostalgic for me because I'm like, back in the day when I was younger, like a solid, maybe 15 plus years ago, Mm -hmm. it used to be Nickelodeon during the day. And then after a certain time like, when it was kind of like, okay, kids should be in bed, or after dinner, I guess, there would be Nick at night, and they would play Mm. reruns of old shows, like, (sighs) I Love Lucy, Leave it to Beaver, things like that, and I loved it so much, because you'd get, like, the fun cartoons and whatnot during the day, and then at night, you would get to see, um, like I said, older, like, some of the, a lot of the shows were in black and white, Mm -hmm. and, I loved that so much because i do really enjoy and i I don't want to offend anyone in a different generation if if they're like i love lucy is not old oh sure. i apologize um it was I, i will just say it was before my time sure sure and i thoroughly enjoyed those shows and on the same flip side i'm like i don't know half of the shows that are on tv or netflix or hulu now because Same. i'm just old
1: <laughs> well because the thing is is that because i definitely did not know that nick at night was not an actual tv show but i also did not grow up having like a nickelodeon channel mm-hmm. um so just was we had we had literally like four or five channels on our tv and whatever was Aaron is what she got to watch and that was it but no i mean i I obviously wasn't able to watch in real time. I love Lucy, Matt more a Dick Van Dyke show, but oh my! My point was when I watched those shows, and even upwards of like the '90s with like Full House, Home Improvement. Oh,
0: yes, those we were just shows talking about Home Improvement the other day. We were,
1: we were. I feel like those shows are legitimately a better quality of show than more than half the shows nowadays. Completely so just. Agreed gosh, the content has gone down so much or the quality has gone down so much. And so I'm like, hey, I, to a point, I wish I were, like, in, like, if I were my age now transplanted then, I would get so much more out of that. So anyways, yes, our little little nod to that, Um, and I was just watching a, I didn't, I'll, I didn't get the chance to uh, finish it in the moment, but there's a YouTube video with Julie Andrews sharing about her career thus far and kind of the journey of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like just watching her, listening to her and I just think sound of music and like my, is it my fair lady and, um, I don't know, just different, different, uh, work that she's done that has just been so so good that now i'm like and then we compare people to hannah montana like good grief people that that's not quality (laughs) so anyways it's just it's gone downhill but we can still appreciate from from earlier earlier decades earlier times so i i will continue onward uh so with this um i mean we've already kind of touched on this but um the topic of generations and how the generation that you were born into and that you started your career in, um, can really impact the workplace and the, and the process and systems of the day to day. And so I just want to give, um, just a little bit of perspective on this. Um, so as I kind of said before, I think of transactional tasks of being automated, digitized, um, that I can have a hands-off. I just kind of tell the machine what to do, and it just starts doing it. So as we've said before, Rachel and I are both millennials. And so that goes to show that previous generations, they didn't have the technology that we have today. They didn't have the luxury of that. And whether it hadn't been created yet or it was like, Maybe you could only afford one printer for the entire office or like there were just different things that you didn't get to have as like when uh, PCs first came out, personal computer, you had to go to a library versus having it at your desk. There was just different access mm-hmm. to different things so at that point, like even to this day, like when Tesla's first came out. It was the top whatever percent that could actually afford that, and now it's as far as just it's it's more commonly used now. That's obviously a higher grade of example, but um, so all that to say, there we go again. Um, I think we should just discuss the benefit of utilizing technology um, in this day and age that we get to use the resources that we have now on certain transactional tasks or on most transactional tasks so that we can spend less time on those things and have more time for other things and have more time for the things that have the bigger ROI or return on investment. So um, I just wanna like make sure that y'all understand we're not saying that every single thing has to be automated. Why would you spend your time on these things? It depends on what the task is. Some tasks should not be automated and need a human element on this. And I think an example that comes to mind for me is for waiters. Um, Waiters, waitresses, etc. I recently went to Famous Toastery and I've been there a couple times recently. um, And I noticed that the last few times that I've been there they had these new handheld machines to take orders and both people the different months that i went there different staff at that particular time commented that the technology wasn't working for them and it whether it was slow or just the timing of it was not taking in their selected things quickly enough and it delayed them being able to take the order because the technology wouldn't actually work for them and i just kind of (laughs) think what's so wrong about pen and paper like that's you can put you have all sorts of shorthand like the restaurant industry has been using this a long time like it's a tried and true so i'm not saying don't do it like olive garden you can type in your order you can do your receipt um from your table so like there's that i think that that could work but What if you have someone who has allergies, or what if you want to substitute something? You need to have the person there show up with the pen and paper to do that. So um, that's just a couple of initial thoughts um, as we um, get into the the heart of this episode. So Rachel, did you have any other thoughts on that?
0: Uh, Yes, I totally have thoughts. So um, I'm just laughing about uh, talking about like, what's so bad about pen and paper? Cause I'm like, okay, it would, if I was trying to use one of those handheld machines, like the experiences that I've had, not like not at famous toastery, cause it's not really very close to me, but just in general, it's like, if I want to make any kind of modification, these poor people have to sit there and like go to some notes section and like type out and it just adds so much time. So I think like you were saying, not everything needs to be automated. Like it's great when uh, it's one of those things that's like great in theory. Oh yeah, we'll just have this really fast handheld thing, blah, blah, blah. In reality, sometimes it is faster just to write it down and hand it off because the five seconds that it takes to walk it over to the cook or whatever it's, wherever it's going. Um, you know, sometimes that makes a difference when you're like, Hey, make sure you see the note. I said no onions. Um, I just, I think I'm there with you that some some things is better to automate. Maybe not everything needs to be automated. Kind of like the age-old debate of like, if it's not broken, don't fix it.
1: Right? broke, don't fix it.
0: Because I'm like, there's, to a point, I'm like, there's always room for improvement. But sometimes it's like, what's the point? Is it really improving it?
1: Yeah, and absolutely. That was just my...
0: was my thought on that um but in discussing like generations and technology i was laughing because like i was laughing internally because i was like um thinking back to now we send so many things by email but before there before email and computers and everything were typical you were talking about um something you and i use every single day bcc or cc Mm. BCCing or CCing someone, so many people don't even realize where that came from. It came from the fact that when a memo was sent out within an office, you would, um, you would CC it, you would carbon copy it, because the memo was literally a physical memo, mm-hmm. and you would have carbon paper, which if you don't know what it is, it's basically um, paper that makes an imprint, if that makes any sense. Paper. Right. That, so reword that again. Paper that makes an imprint. So carbon paper. Oh,
1: oh. Um. So when you write on the top part, there is the the like outline of the
0: letters on the yep. bottom mm-hmm. piece of paper. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. So uh, you'll still see it in some places, like where they do a receipt, like some mom and pop yes. places. Yes. Where they do the receipt and they give you like the underneath paper. Mm-hmm. That's usually the carbon paper that was written on. So when we see see someone now, that's a that's a nod back to carbon copy. From I did not know that paper.
1: you were teaching me things every day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's okay, I know I'm a genius. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like the the whatever once or not a uh, she's the man. I'm a genius. Shh. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's just to show the, you know, show a bit of difference between like, what uh, generation you're in or what your age is, Um, automation, and because back then that was like, that was automation, because you didn't have to rewrite it twice. Mm -hmm. But now we can send an email to 1000s of people at once.
1: Gosh, which, and I think if people are still trying to be like, wait, what, what is it? It makes me think of in detective shows when like someone writes something down on a pad of paper and all you have left is that bottom copy because mm-hmm. they've tore off the top copy. And so they'll take like a, a pencil and just kind of lightly kind of color over it. And then voila, these letters show up. They're like, oh, here's the next clue. Here's where they yes. went. Or, yes. and
0: like, <laughs> so that's what I'm thinking about. Very much like that, except the you don't have to like color over it because the carbon paper has already kind of done that for you. Um, so yes, that's, um, that's, that's where my head goes to like right away when it comes to generations and technology. And I think you were saying like, everything has its place. I feel like older generations were very much taught. And when I say older generations, I mean, prior to, Millennials um, were taught to be very relational because there wasn't as much technology like you couldn't just send a quick email to someone. Um, So things things couldn't necessarily be made more transactional than they were because like you said technology was a luxury or it didn't exist. Um, And just thinking of generations prior to Millennials like we were saying a a carbon copy was a physical copy using carbon paper that's like an older generation versus generations that are younger than than you and i like a general gen z they're literally struggling to have irl relationships irl meaning like if you know you know um irl meaning in real life that's like throwback to the old aol chat days um but Gen Z, it's like they're struggling to have face-to-face relationships that aren't technology-based. Whereas many previous generations, you like it, it was face-to-face or letters. Like everything was super relational and super, I would say, in a lot of ways, like emotional. Mm. At least, mm-hmm. at least from from my perspective.
1: Well, I think the reason is because kind of what you were getting at is that they didn't have the choice of the technology to make it more digitized they didn't have those resources and those devices and so you had to pick up the phone to talk to someone you had to go meet them um you know for a client lunch or whatever because you you didn't have the the things that we have now to be able to do that so they didn't have the option Mm -hmm. you couldn't just like zoom or facetime right right so let's move on to topic two. Um, now that we have given some definitions and some kind of contextual background, you know us. We want to make it practical for you. We want to give you examples to really make it tangible. So, um,
0: I just Or As want I to- often say, <laughs> treat everyone
1: like, treat they're, everyone stupid. like they're stupid. <laughs> the fact that I could finish that for you shows how often you say that.
0: Well, some people may, you know, some people may get it right away and other people, it takes longer. So we're going to just,
1: we're going to just make it plain as day. So, um, we want to help you guys consider which tasks, um, daily tasks that you perform at work should go under the transactional category. And then we'll talk in the next episode about which ones go under relational. So, um, just kind of to reiterate from a previous episode when we kind of touched on this, um, with transactional tasks, the benefits of making something as Rachel has said, black and white, just to the point, not emotional. Some benefits are that it automates. um, It saves you time because it just does it for you. Um, with less time spent on something usually means the less money that you spend on something. And so you save money as well. Uh, we talked about conserving your emotional energy and just ultimately allowing you to spend more time on other tasks. Um, so when we talk about kind of the why, um, it's kind of like what what makes you decide to put a task under a transactional, it's really to appoint your return on investment. Um, is sending a quick email going to yield a lot or a little? Um, so you just kind of think about what are the non-essentials that you can have an automated system do for you so that you can spend time on other things. Um, so I want to give you Rachel a second, if you want to add anything to that as well.
0: Uh, really? I just love the, the last point of like it allows you to spend more time on other tasks because I'm naturally a more relational person. I love all of these things that you have taught me on automating tasks, especially when it comes to, um, one of my favorites that I've talked about before is when you taught me in Gmail how to do templates. That's made so many things so much quicker. And doing those templates and and, um, a number of other small things like using formulas in, in, within my spreadsheets and other stuff makes things so much faster. So then I can spend 20 minutes on an email to someone that's like a sensitive topic or something that really needs to be relational focused.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, So we want to share with you guys some examples, because as you're, as you're kind of considering the context to it and the whys behind it, maybe you're kind of like your brain just kind of stops at that point and you're going, okay, give me an example. What am I spending my time on now that I really don't need to be? So one thing is something that is recurring. So we talked previously about like ordering supplies through, I don't know, whatever your go-to retailer is, it can do the task for you. So ordering supplies, uh, sending reminders, um, paying for something, um, if you have like auto pay for maybe your like office lease or that um, saved me many a late fee, <laughs> yes, like subscriptions, anything like instead of having to remember every single month, which it just makes me think about those who, let's say, that they you know, would rent an apartment in the eighties or the nineties or whenever. And I don't know when auto pay became a function, but let's say you didn't have that choice. And I, I used to work with someone who had to, and I think she, I don't know if she still has to do this. I don't think so anymore. Um, cause I think she owns the place now and was renting at that time. She had to either do a check or a money order and put it in it like a physical mailbox for her landlord, because that's how they received payment from their renters. So it's just, we've come so far that, hey, use technology for your benefit with that. So uh, the next idea is when things are not sensitive information, if it's kind of what I was saying about sending um, appointment reminders, what you're talking about is either on the website, let's say you're having, you know, your next counseling appointment. Well, the person that you're meeting specifically is not a secret because they're listed on the website. So that's public knowledge. As far as just that person working there. They date and time, like not a big deal. There's not anything sensitive to that, that has like your personal information. Um, and so nothing can be compromised with that as well. So if it's just date time, remember to show up for this thing, you can just send that via the technology versus calling someone up. And I mean, there's, if your company decides that it wants to have that personal touch, that's, you know, up to the boss to decide that. But if your company decides that it makes more sense to spend time in other areas, make it digital. So uh, lack, if, if, if there's something that you're working on that has a lack of sensitive information. Uh, the third thing that we have here is if there's a lack of urgency, um, if there's something that is, you know, a week out or a month out or whatever, you can make that automated versus something that is, um, like, let's say you're you got kids and their school's gonna be closed because of snow. To a point that could be automated because it's you can do a, a, an app notification without a mass email um, but if there is something that maybe your kids in school and they just scraped their leg you're going to pick up the phone and call them like there's an urgency to that situation so
0: what makes me think of like the kind of when you say lack of urgency i'm like you also taught me how to schedule sending out an email mm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i love that one because you know when i when I have like reports and different things to send out, um, my goal is to always finish it in advance. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But when I can, um, when I can schedule the email, it's like they'll never know if I finished it early. You might, <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> like you could schedule it out ten minutes before you send it,
1: or you could schedule it out a week before. It. They'll never know. <laughs>
0: I'm a genius. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, when I keep finding myself going, it makes me think of, I believe it's Wilson from Home Improvement, who is behind the <laughs> fence. That's just the image I have in my head right now. So y'all are welcome. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> it's, trying to, it's trying to do that. <laughs> It took me a second. It's like, oh, that's where she's going with that. <laughs>
0: If you have seen the show, you'll know what I was talking about. you. will know what he's talking about. If you haven't, go go watch watch the show. It's Home Improvement. It was, what did we say, like in the late
1: 90s? Maybe it started in the 80s.
0: I don't think so. No, it's uh, the first episode was 1991. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because then it went on for a number of years. Yeah. It was like 10 seasons or something.
1: So it lasted the entirety of the decade. All right, so next uh, sub point here, you can use automation and keep it transactional when there's a lack of a call to action or a needed response. If it's simply for your information, it can be transactional.
0: That makes a lot of sense to me because when when you're saying like, there's not a call to action, you don't need a response, that, in my head goes right back to like sending reminders Mm. you're like you were saying before sending like when we have clients who have an upcoming appointment it doesn't have sensitive information it's not necessarily urgent because we're sending it well ahead of time um and we they don't need to respond if they do need to respond it's because they're needing to change something on their end Mm -hmm. but like Seems like thus far overall, some, something about like sending a reminder, that's a perfect example of something like a transactional task. Mm-hmm. And
1: as we're kind of talking about these different examples, I think that, so those are the the end of those, like it, it usually falls more so toward transactional than it does relational, so those are usually a bit more cut and dry. But something to consider is that in making the decision of how am I going to categorize my task, which which topic or area they're going to fall under, there's a couple of criteria that can kind of help you out along the way.
0: Um, yeah. So I just wanted to say to clarify, like why you would be needing to make the decision between relational and transactional is because you would approach it differently. Like relational, you're going to approach it with other people and emotions and relationships in mind versus transactional where you don't normally have to consider people or feelings. It's just a task that needs to be done.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think that the points here actually, I think, were ones that you had contributed specifically. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on the criteria for this section.
0: So in order to make a decision on... If a task should be relational focused or transactional focused, some things to really consider are um, your products and services. So again, we're talking about this in relation to work, like your job or your business, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So the products and services that you are offering um, are those products and services that are direct to people, like are you selling products directly to people? Are you giving services directly to people? Um, Your client demographic. uh, Again, we talked about differences in generation. So certain generations may have an expectation of uh, more relational service rather than just a quick email, quick um, text reminder. Maybe they're expecting a phone call from you. Um, Your resources time, money, number of employees, software, uh, and then also your mission, figure out the mission of the company, or, you know, if it's, if it's a decent sized company, they typically have one, but you want to consider within these things is what you're doing something that should be relational. Like is your company's mission or the place that you're working is their mission, um, really geared towards customer relationships and giving the best customer service possible, or is it geared toward maybe it's a tech company and it's not so much about relationships with people as it is building new technology to bring to people. Um, So that's just a quick example. Um, Something that Jordan had said that I thought was just so perfect when it comes to making this decision between transactional or relational is what's the goal of the task? What is the motivation of the task? So when you're looking at when you're looking at the company, the mission, um, the resources that you have available to you, um, when you're looking at your client demographic and your products and services, you need to be considering what's the motivation of what you're doing. If you're sending, like we have said before, if you're sending a reminder to someone, whether it's a text or email or whatever, that is, for the most part, pretty transactional because the goal of the task, the motivation of the task is just to remind someone. But on the flip side, if you're talking about something that is a much more sensitive topic, like Jordan, you had listed off a number of things, like if it's sensitive, if it's urgent, um, if it's a call to action or you need a response, um, you know, those are just a few of the things that are gonna let you know that this is probably going to be a more relational task. Um, So I have a bit of a hot take, I guess you would say, uh, based on my, I'm waiting for Jordan to like laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a bit of a hot take on this, on the transactional versus relational because of the amount of time that I've spent working directly with people. Um, I tend to really think of most things as a combination of transactional and relational. And that really comes from like, I literally was in... Like whole classes when I was in real estate that were just on transactional versus relational and how to, you know, how to close the deal, how to do your job while still taking care of your clients because you're talking about typically hundreds of thousands of dollars. And people, even though you're sitting here literally doing a transactional thing, you are facilitating a transaction from one party to another you're talking about people's homes, you're talking about people's emotions, like it is buying and selling a house, maybe something that's done on paper, but boy, is it emotional. And (laughs) I'm just thinking to all the times that I was like, (laughs) that I was having to be someone's therapist when I'm like, I'm not trained for this. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um. So, that's just from my background and from my perspective, I think that a lot of things can be both transactional and relational and find a balance. Um, but back to, back to many of your points, Jordan, um, there are some things that I do, especially in my job now as a billing specialist that are, there's like no way to make it relational. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, as a result of that i could find out that someone owes money for their visit and then that could turn into a very relational thing because going back to your list like money is a sensitive topic and it also tends to be a bit more urgent like we don't want to wait weeks and weeks and weeks to let someone know that they owe for their visits so i mean the like sending someone an email or calling them or whatever to discuss the money like technically it's a transactional thing it's a task that has to be done but it has to be handled in a very relational way with people and their emotions in mind um so that's that's my that's my hot take on (laughs) on transactional versus relational
1: i think that is why we are so opposite in some ways is because as we were talking about this and we were talking about this as we were brainstorming the content that I automatically had two categories in my head. And a task is either one or the other. And then it occurred to me, wait a second, what if a task can be both? And what if people are going, wait, how do I categorize this? And you're going, yes, it's, it's like the, um, what is that symbol where you have the three rings that overlap? in that middle, um, like sliver. Oh, I and mean, like this, like a circle diagram. Yeah. yeah and then, then I was like, yes, there's, <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> you're so proud of yourself. I am. Usually like,
1: you're <laughs> like, what is this thing called? And I'm like, oh, it's this thing. And you were able to, for me. but you make a great point that some tasks are both. And depending on what the task is trying to accomplish, it can, you know, help to bit maybe more of one than the other, but some things just fall in the middle and it's not solely one or solely the other. So
0: very good point. And I'm just thinking like something I had said earlier to tie it back in, you were discussing like being able with transactional tasks, being able to utilize technology to automate it as much as possible, that is is one of my favorite favorite like just period all the ways that you've taught me to automate things it allows me to not be stressed about taking time to do things like spend i, I very easily can spend 20 minutes trying to email someone about their insurance mm. and that they owe money because i don't want to i don't want to make them mad right and right and i don't want to be like when you're talking about something like insurance where Frankly, most people don't understand how their own insurance works. Like you want to be kind and considerate and not, it could very easily be a condescending tone of, Mm -hmm. well, this is complicated and you won't understand it, but this is how much you owe. Right. I have found spending the extra time means that there are like two emails versus 20 where someone just gets mad. (laughs) Like, what do you yeah. mean? I owe money? Well, your insurance told me. No, I don't owe anything. Well, actually, you, you, yes, you. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: yeah. So. Yes, absolutely.
0: Save, it's it, in the end, it's saving time.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, I mean that's that's a very good point. So that's interesting that you that
0: you comment on that. That's very true.
1: So I think that kind of wraps up our uh, main thoughts on this episode. What do you
0: think? Uh, yeah. I guess. I guess i'm just thinking like to summarize the episode transactional means it can mean a number of things including a task that is black and white or straightforward and doesn't necessarily include emotion and uh to your point of most of the time transactional tasks can be automated especially through the use of technology and um and like you had like you had talked about with me the usually the quickest way to decide if a task is transactional is to look at the few bullet points that we discussed and then ask what's the goal or what's the motivation of the task. So that's your lesson for today, folks.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. So yeah, and here's the thing is if you designate that a task goes into one category and the other task goes into the other and then it's just not working, you can change it so these are all just here's what we've learned here's what we know and then because we work at a specific company with a specific mission and specific goals and clients and etc it it's not a across the board thing so you consider where you are at and what the company is willing and able to do and go through that kind of funnel of making these kind of categorical decisions. So um, this is simply resources information for you to do what you will with it.
0: All right. And that ends our show. As, cool, cool. As Porky the pig would say, that, the, 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 that's all folks. <laughs> Look, I've not heard of this one. So this is new. <laughs> you know, in the, in the old cartoons. No. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to, well, well I'm going to do with you.
1: <laughs> well, you're going to keep keep uh, doing podcasts with me. That's what you're going
0: to do. <laughs> well, professionals, that ends another episode of Professional-ish Podcast. So I hope that you will join us again next week. And in the meantime, stay professional-ish. Ding. <laughs>